This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie, removed from the frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? Hello, welcome to The Real Thing. I'm your host, Joel Lawrence. This is our recommendation episode that I'm with a board member or any anyone else who's uh, I deem worthy enough to give recommendations. Today, I'm joined by one of the board members of Bergen Film Club, Wemmy. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being on. Second time on the podcast, officially. <laughs> yes, yeah. officially. Second time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk a bit about what you do on the board as another kind of fresh face-ish on the board? Yeah. Uh, What's your job title and what do you do? Uh, so, my name is Remy and I've been in the board for two years now, I think. Uh, and I am head of communications, uh, we call it in English, and then external svarlig in Norsk. No, yeah, uh, my role is... Um, external stuff like the mail and then also uh, being a representative of BFK at the uh, venue that we rent, the uh, Quartere. So being at meetings there, uh, booking the cinema hall and uh, yeah, fun stuff like that. Or keeping BFK organized. Mm-hmm. And like communicating with whoever we work with. Yes, kind exactly. Of, yeah. mm. of course, there is some... Uh, leading in bfk with roles if we have major events and maybe this is more more suited for amina for example mm-hmm. uh, if we have uh, directors coming over but uh, generally like general communications in and outgoings is what i would do yeah okay and you like uh yeah i feel like i keep asking everyone on the board this question <laughs> but it like it doesn't mean it like do you like being on the board yeah i love yeah. it uh, <laughs> uh i feel like no one's gonna say no no, but no I one's going to say no, of I course. I still ask every, every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great uh, privilege to be able to work uh, so closely with like an institute of Bergen, sort of a cultural institute of Bergen. Mm. Really love that. And then, uh, of course, from the outside, it can look like this role may be a lot of work. And, you know, admittedly, I do think it is a lot of work, but I really like the work I do with the organizing and everything Mm -hmm. which makes it feel like not a lot of work so i mean i don't know if i would be able to do any other board roles if that makes sense sure Hmm. Um, yeah just i really like it i really like the role in itself and i really like being in the board more generally like being a part of bfk yeah yeah it's a nice like uh historic community to be a part of like knowing that it's been going for so many years beforehand yeah exactly Mm. you uh sort of get the foothold in you you're sort of leave a footprint if that makes sense yeah like you'll always have been a part of bfk and you'll always have 
would have been a board member and whoever generation gets comes after you will build upon what you've done and yeah. we're building upon what the previous generation did so it's really cool to think about actually yeah okay let hit me with some recommendations then okay um i've been struggling to think but i've come up with four Lovely. My first recommendation is a very classy one, uh, classic one. It's After Sun, uh, the t- movie that came out in 2022 by Charlotte Wells, mm-hmm. her uh, debut film, if I recall correctly. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's probably if people ask me and press me like, "What is your favorite movie?" I will most often than not say After Sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you like so much about it? It's, um, well, for me, this is considered almost like perfect, right? So all of the, um, all of the fundamentals are in place for me. Like the camera work is fantastic. The editing and pacing is fantastic. The acting, especially from, I mean, both Paul Mescal and, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, f- uh, oh, Frankie Corio. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. They really seem like they have a lot of chemistry, yeah, uh, and looks like you know a proper, yeah, know, proper dad daughter vacation. Mm. But what re- what I really uh, fell in love with, I guess, is that Afterson for me has the most accurate and most like heart wrenching reflection of male depression that I've ever seen. Yeah, um, mm. and I'm not saying like like of course depression no uh, depression hits everyone differently yeah, like it looks different in yeah everyone yeah uh but there is some specificity i think we can say on like a general basis about how depression hits for example gender uh, gen, uh g- genders differently yeah and after some does a really good job in like showing how depression mixed with like masculinity and like societal expectation of masculinity blends together mm-hmm. like he doesn't ever say that he's oppressed yeah uh, it's never actually directly addressed and you know some people might even argue that he isn't that is uh, uh i've heard uh, people argue that uh, it's an allegory for overdose for example oh. uh, but for me it's just no the way he just he always just tries to be happy for be for his daughter that he's on vacation with, but yeah. he obviously just isn't. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to be the version that he's supposed, like version of the person that he's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we see this when you know, uh, like in depression, it sort of balls up and then it uh, gets to a breaking point. He yeah. gets that a lot, like when he isn't able to sing karaoke with her, or <sighs> he gets like very awkward during uh, the happy birthday singing and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, really great the karaoke scene is like uh, yeah, one of the most uncomfortable scenes in cinema history for me it's so uncomfortable yeah. and it's heart wrenching so so heart wrenching and this is all uh, sort of uh, built through the movie with the subtle increase in oh no sorry the uh, increase in uh, how little subtle it is told that he is depressed and is well not maybe actively trying to kill himself but uh like passively not caring yeah like you'll get a few shots in the beginning of movie this is a bit of spoiler territory but you'll get the scenes in the beginning of movie where it's like first time you watch it 
maybe you just don't uh, think about like why is this here like it's just him walking across the street right mm. but then like oh he's walking across the street during a red light because he doesn't mind if he gets like run over right okay. would be a great excuse to be run over and not have to take responsibility for killing yeah a yeah and then of course yeah. it uh, just uh, there's plenty of these scenes where it just gets better and better in my opinion like uh when he dives and then the Charlotte decides to hold the camera on the water very long because mm. you know he doesn't mind drowning and then yeah. uh you obviously have when he runs into the sea drunk to swim yes that's the same he doesn't plan on coming back obviously mm -hmm. like uh, he gets injured and whatnot and then it just just you know he this sort of balls on until we get to the finale where he just actively most likely does it right mm, yeah uh, and yeah and then of course the last part about like why I love After Sun is it is so tied to the director and it's it's just uh, if you yeah. if anyone's listening to this I highly recommend you read her uh, letter uh, regarding After Sun right okay. Charlotte uh, Wells letter of After Sun on the A24 website and then you'll see a picture of uh, her and her daughter, and it's it is so sad that the casting is amazing. He, her father looks like Paul Mescal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen these pictures. Yeah, it's like a perfect kind of like capsule of that moment. I think. Yeah, like exactly. the relationship between the dad, but also like a nice memory of the last holiday that she would have shared with him. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh, I mean, after some movie I could talk about forever, but mm. uh, this is another thing. Like she talks about how this movie uh, shows how memories can deceive us. And well, there's uh, some scenes in after Sun with uh, when she's grown up and it's like uh, uh, her trying to sort of piece together her last memory of her dad through these VHS tapes. Mm. This is another thing after some that's great by the way. If you ever rewatch it, try to see the difference between when the movie is shot as a movie and when the movie uses VHS. Mm. Hello. It's uh it's a great sort of distinction between showing what's reality and what's what Sophie imagines happened. Yeah, the next movie I'm going to recommend is the documentary Searching for Sugarman from 2012. It's gotten a bit more, um, I guess, exposure because last year, if I recall correctly, the uh, musician in the documentary, spoiler alert, uh, died, unfortunately, Rodriguez. But this documentary is just insane. It's... Uh, one of the most encapsulating documentaries I've ever seen, like the most interesting history I've ever seen. Yeah. Documentary, yeah. So what's kind of like the story of it? I haven't... Uh, I've never heard of it. Uh, so, um, I'll give you a quick rundown, spoiler-free version, and then I guess a bit more spoilery. The documentary is about a musician, Rodriguez, who just lives in USA and produces music and unbeknownst to him becomes the biggest musician in uh, South Africa. Oh. Like uh, they talk about it uh, with the people who lives there and production uh, companies and everything. Mm -hmm. He was bigger than Hendrix. He was bigger than Elvis. He was what? he was the biggest artist in South America but he didn't even know it. He didn't even know that he had popped off in South America. He thought he had failed as a musician oh. in America and then the documentary is sort of them trying to find this guy 
find uh, Sugarman as he is dubbed. Yeah. And then learning that uh, a lot of, you know, people locally think uh, talk about that he died and then there's different stories about he died how he died like he had a bad show and killed himself on stage and he just disappeared and etc etc um and then they sort of dive deeper as you do in documentaries and start to figure out like where did his money go yeah that he was supposed to earn like why yeah, like why didn't you know he was successful yeah exactly and oh, i mean the answer lies with musical production mm. of course like big all the way to the top yes and then if we dive in a bit into the spoilery version he did survive uh like they thought he died oh but he was in fact not dead he just what? went <laughs> to america because he thought he failed as a musician oh, i mean he lived in america but he never released anything else because they he thought he failed as a musician oh uh, and then the people who made the documentary found him yeah took him back to south america and he sold out concert after concert after concert without knowing he like imagine that like one day you're just a failed musician and now you live your life like a normal i think you work like a bricklayer or something mm-hmm. in america and then like the next day you get a message that you are like there's a documentary being made about you you're the biggest artist in one specific country and then like a week after you flow down to that country and perform your music for a audience of multiple thousands of people it's insane yeah that sounds super interesting. What was the guy called? Rodrigo. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Sicto Rodriguez, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, if you want to see a documentary where, like, the documentary in itself, like, what the documentary is about, is interesting. If you're like that type of person, I would highly recommend watching this. Mm. The story is insane. Yeah, huge uh, twist that he wasn't dead. That's yeah. crazy. Huge <laughs> twist. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling it. No, no. <laughs> it's like all the more intriguing. Yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. Do you want to do one more? One more? Yeah. Damn. Or two more, whatever you want. Uh, no, it's fine. Three more. Okay, I'll do one more, but kind of like three. I'm going to say the uh, Oslo trilogy by Joachim Trier, but then I guess more specifically Oslo 31st August, Oslo 31st of August. Hmm. One of my favorite movies of all time. Um yeah, of course this is a part of a trilogy. Yeah. All of the three movies are great, in my opinion. And yeah. you can see it is probably my if not favorite, at least uh director I currently like anticipate stuff from. Hmm. Like oh I really want to see the next you can movie. But yeah, also thirty first also thirty first of August. Heart wrenching. It's about a um recovering um uh, a recovering drug, addict. drug addicted person in yeah. Oslo, and it just follows him throughout the whole day, from morning to night, oh. to the time it goes over to the thirty-first of August. And yeah, I love this movie. I have had a, had a tradition in the past, like four years, to always watch it on the thirty-first of August. Mm. And I just love these movies where we just follow a person or persons uh, throughout one day or like a sequence without it cutting a lot yeah sort of like cleo from five to seven uh-huh. is the same just follows a person from five to seven amazing same with also 31st august and it just it encapsulates the bad parts of oslo in a very good way mm. i think it's very oslo's sort of 
centered, but you would like. I think you will like it, even though you're not from there. Mm. But I think, yeah, I, I guess getting extra tight to the city doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen Verdens Vesta Menescia. But I found that tough. That was a very difficult movie for me. Yeah, that is extremely sad. And yeah. I will say that also 31st of August, is that just sadder? Ooh. Just even more depressing. <laughs> I, ca- I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but it's a uh, what's the guy called uh, who's like in all of his movies? Uh, Andreas Danielsen Lia. Yeah, yeah, very talented actor. Yeah, mm. I I love Anna. She's just a talented person in general. You know, during COVID, he was like the main doctorate at the Oslo hospital, and now oh. he's yeah, he's a doctor and uh, wow. and an actor. Like, ha- where is the time? That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but everyone in this movie is great. Uh, the great acting, and he does such a good job in sort of showing. He, he's like a Norwegian Paul Mescal. He just plays sad characters, <laughs> but he does it really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So one scene that hits very hard where he, where a friend of his talks to him about his drug addiction, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he sort of tries to convince him that everything is going to be alright and mm. he'll get over this. And then uh, Anders Lee, the drug addict, uh, says that, uh, yeah, yeah, everything is going to be fine to encourage his friend. Uh-huh. And then as soon as his friend gets like his smile back and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he thinks his everything's going to be fine. He just hits him with the like, like, no, it's not. It's never going to be fine. Oh. And uh, then they cut. Leave it at that. I just, uh, this movie is great and it's very sad and I love it. And I will watch it this year as well. At Cinemateca, hopefully, if they screen it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I thought it was like cool because I didn't know that it was part of a trilogy, but it was kind of fun watching. I guess like the third one because you kind of like because this character's in the third movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't need to watch it as a trilogy. It's a loose trilogy. Yeah. The only thing that makes a trilogy is that it's the same director with the same actors, and all of them are based in Oslo. Mm-hmm. But the actors played new characters. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it does not hurt to watch them because all three movies are great yes and there's a new Oslo trilogy coming right yeah by a different Quote director um, yeah. I don't I know the first movie is out soon it's called Sex yeah I saw the trailer for it at the yeah. it looks very interesting I, w- I will watch it mm. I have high expectations considering uh, well this one <laughs> yeah Did you want to do another one? Okay, I'll do one very quickly. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to suggest <laughs> Ali Ferris the Soul. Mm-hmm. We've screened it at uh, Bergen Film Club before. We did. But uh, yeah, watch this one. Beautiful movie. Heart-wrenching movie. Shows how shallow humanity can be. Mm. Uh, how societal st- standards and norms can just be, well, straight up shallow. Yeah. How mm. uh, the norms... Uh, we have puts expectations on people whereas where they end up sacrificing their own happiness for well confronting to society's standards yeah considering yeah because of the age difference yeah this movie is uh, a movie about two people falling in love that are uh, from two completely different backgrounds and then from uh, with two completely different age Mm -hmm. profiles yeah uh with a grown man and then a senior woman, mm-hmm. with the grown man being from, uh, who? 
I don't quite remember, but he's yeah, yeah, newly immigrated to yeah, yeah, to Germany. I think another th- reason why I think that's so sad is because it like uh, reminds you sometimes in relationships like love isn't enough. Yeah, exactly. Other things need to also work. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very sad that we kind of, I guess, live in a society where we live in a society. We do live in a society. Yeah, <laughs> but we live in a society where you sort of, even if you love a person a lot, and then there's nothing like wrong about the, the relationship. Like mm. you're not dating <laughs> someone that's underage or whatever. <laughs> but like you're in a relationship, you can like f- have a fear of introducing your newly found partner to your friends or family or whatever because of society standards like mm-hmm. yeah you love this person but what will other people think yeah and this this is what Ali Ferris is all sort of really under points it's like it's this constant uh thought we have about what will the rest of society think yeah or uh, despite it being sad Jantelovna as we call it in Norway mm. this is a movie that's very about Jantelovna actually yeah yeah well, very good recommendations. Seeing as I've uh, seen three out of four of them, I also agree that they're also very good. <laughs> yeah, so to pick someone that is available, I think all of these should be available by streaming. Yeah, great. Well, thank you very much for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISEJohnOfficial. Our logo is by Pierre Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilkreibern and Mamina Nasmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFKTheRealThing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.